you know, I don't know if Bobby knew what I was going to teach on today. Did you know? Do you know? Do you have any idea? He didn't even know I was teaching. That's because we like to keep things a secret around here. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I am here today. Thank you for being here. I am. My first question was going to be to you, and Bobby said it. I love when the Holy Spirit does that. I get so excited because I was so nervous when I told Kurt two weeks ago that I'd preach because I just came off on teaching. But remember, that sermon was kind of already in my computer. And you know, I have a little injury and, I, and I'm really having a hard time. I can't really write or type. It's extremely painful. And I was like, but I'm going to do it by faith. And I'm going to figure this out. That's why I have my iPhone up here. I have a pad up here. I have chicken scratch notes. And now I just stole the um, <laughs> words from the songs. So I'm going to put this all together. And my first... The, my <laughs> My first question I was going to ask you is, do you believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That was going to be my first question to you. Isn't God awesome? And then I'm going to teach on healing. Isn't that awesome? Okay. (laughs) So I was like, Lord, only you, you are showing that you're going to be faithful to me today as I've studied so much. And let me tell you, it's awesome being a guest speaker, but you're at such a disadvantage (laughs) because you study so much and you only can bring so much. So uh, this is a condensed form of um, healing. And I want to thank Pastor Kurt for um, doing the full teaching of the 10 virgins. Wasn't that good? Wasn't that deep and rich? Who knew that parable was so mighty? And as he was um, unfolding for us, like, yes, he's saying everything that I learned that I, you know, you have to pick and choose. So I was like, thank you, Lord. Pastor Kurt is so faithful. All because I told him I never heard a teaching on the 10 virgins. And I don't even know that I've really heard of a teaching on healing. Not to, to the way I'm going to bring it, because we talk about healing, right? We believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We do right here. Did you know not? All pastors, all churches believe that you can be healed today miraculous by the Holy Spirit and God. That is true. They, they think that it died with the apostles, that those gifts ceased. How many of you have ever laid hands on somebody and they were healed? Okay. How many of you know somebody, you witnessed it, that they laid hand on somebody and they were healed? How many of you have ever had someone lay hands on you and you were healed? Amen. Now, I hope that we uh, attribute that to God, the Holy Spirit, the power and the Lord's will for your life. And now the church is a funny thing. I want to just start it saying we're kind of funny because we have no problem sharing about our physical needs. None. Just open Facebook. Everybody will tell you, ah, I'm having, and here's my picture of my insides. Isn't that radical? And here's my... <laughs> And here's my x-ray. And you're like going, and here's my foot that's pussy and bleeding. You're like going, why? Why are you showing me this? But they want prayer. You know, they want to show you. And sometimes they're giving the glory to God. So I, I think the church is funny. I think people are hilarious. I love Facebook. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Because I get so many interesting information from them. And all of you. Um, but we're good, like I said, at talking about the physical healing. And there are three types of healing. Now, I know when I put them up there, you're going to go, yeah, I know that. But we are so, we're so busy focusing on the physical that we kind of miss the other two. We miss the emotional and we miss the spiritual healing. And, you know, even though they all should be, you know, combined and, and, um, in our hearts and mind that we should see them and weave together and, you know, all of them depend on the other as we'll look at today. But, you know, we, we have no problem talking about physical healing and we get to see miraculous things. And I think that's great. In fact, we've had many miraculous stories right here, a congregation of 65 people. It's amazing what God does in this tiny place. Everyone thinks they have to belong to these mega churches, Right. But the average church in America is 50 people. The average church in America is 50 people. The mega church, as Kurt um, um, unpacked it for us a few years ago, the mega, the word mega was um, the mighty works we do for the Lord. So we have deemed ourselves as the mega breakwater because we are doing mighty things. Don't doubt that God is not moving right here in this place doing mighty things because we witness 
Bill, right there. Bill's here today. Praise God. I was praying you'd be here today because, because the miracle that that brother is and the faith of that family is miraculous. I think they resurrected you nine times. Is that right? You coded nine times, right, Bill? I know. We don't have a camera on you. It's okay. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is miraculous. They brought him back. His family stayed around the clock at the hospital. I never seen anything like that. I have a big family. I don't know that we are staying, camping out, taking over, bringing picnics and tents and blankets and everything to the, the hospital. But... um the Hodge family really, really were a witness in that place to the power and the healing and the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And they did it for his glory, right? They love Bill. They don't want Bill to go anywhere, but they knew God was faithful. They have an intimate and personal relationship with our Lord Jesus. And therefore, they, um, God, God chose to hear that prayer and say, yes, I'll revive him. Not once, not twice, but nine times. And I will sustain him. For the last, has it been two years or three? Four years. Oh, my gosh, my life has just, I just lost two years of my life in a minute. Um, but that is miraculous. And then we had a scare last month, and you guys were praying, or just a couple weeks ago with our beautiful Tuesday, our worship, um, one of our worship team members, Tuesday, right? She had a radical seizure, 45-minute seizure. The average seizure lasts less than 30 seconds. Tuesday had a 45, a documented 45-minute seizure and was on life support. And glory be to God, no brain damage, no physical damage. And she was like up the next day and we were like, just like, how is this possible? Walking and talking. But as soon as we found out that this was happening, we started praying. The power of prayer. If people would humble themselves and, and come to the church and, and bow down and pray, he wants to heal us. So my first scripture I want to look at with you today is James, because it says, is anyone among you sick? I was in the restroom a few minutes ago. I found out Liz is sick. She's like, I think I'm getting sick after I kissed her. I'm like, thanks, Liz. She goes, oh, you'll be fine. It's probably allergies. I'm like, I love you. It didn't matter anyway. Greet them with a holy kiss, right? Is that what the word says? We need to do more of that, maybe. So we're going to pray for her today. I'd like to see miraculous healing in her today. But it was so sweet. So is anyone else among you sick? Yeah. Who's sick? Our little friends from Croatia. I told you we were a mega church. We are an international dynamo serving Malawi, and now we have visitors from Croatia. We welcome you. Welcome you. I saw them worshiping. I'm like, you know, as a little side note, you know, Lord, you're so mighty because we can go anywhere in the world as believers in Christ and feel at home. We all just welcome, greet him. We're like, hi, hi, John and his beautiful girlfriend, Liz. They're, they're, they're being nice to me because I was like, what? but I'm from Croatia. So we're so blessed to have them. So she's sick today. Anyone else among you is sick? That's the question. Who's sick? Mark is sick. Okay. Meg is sick. We're praying for her and we're going to get miracles there. We've been praying for a couple months for her. Bill, your neck and back. Not only did God resurrect him, but when he's not done healing you yet. So is anyone among you sick? Now, how many of you know, before I go reading, don't jump ahead of me and read. How many of you know the last Thursday of every month we meet right here at 7 p.m.? Good, I'm glad I'm sharing with you because about the how many hands raised are many people that come. Now, <laughs> I'm going to let you know, the last Thursday of the month, we have prayer right here. And we do exactly what this says, and we see breakthroughs and miracles and healings. We see physical transformations. It says, if anyone among you is sick, let them call the elders of the church and pray over them. Anoint them with oil. What? Um, over them, anoint them in oil in the Lord's name, right? In the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered by faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord raised them up. Now, we have a minimal, little qualifier there. We like to come and say, pray for me. But we don't want any confession. 
right? And then it says, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. I think forgiveness and healing are really connected. I think confession and healing are connected. We, we like to tell people about our ailments physically. Few of us confess our sins to one another. I've been in so many prayer groups over the years, so many Bible studies over the year, and when people, ask, when the question comes up, you know, what is your sin? What do you want to confess today? What do you need prayer for? How would you need deliverance? The answers I get are so shallow, you know? Well, you know, I curse every now and then. I get mad on the road. Where, I mean, what about our sin? Yes, those are sin, but what is, what is deeper than that? The Lord knows. He just wants you to confess it to him. He wants you to know that he is a holy God and he brings healing to all things and that he wants that confession out of you because Proverbs tells us it's like a, a root, a root that can take place and really contaminate us. Because is it not true that the this body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Is that not true? So why when it comes to confession, we don't say the real things? right? Why aren't we confessing that I am so still so mad at my abuser and name that person by name with the Lord or to someone that you can trust and say, it has caused me this over the years. I am so upset at myself because I have fantasies of being with someone else and I'm in a marriage, you know? Why don't we confess those things? Why aren't we saying, I winked at somebody in the line at church, and those, because that little root, when unconfessed, can devastate a life, a family, right? But we don't. We don't confess the little one that happened at the time, and then for sure we're not going to confess when we're caught up in total sin, right? And I've had some of you come to me over the years, and you're so awesome about doing this. Some of you have come to me in the, over the years and have said, I want to share this because I don't want it to take root. That's a mature believer. That's someone that understands that my sins are forgiven. I don't have to own them. Right? And then what happens? As you're forgiven and you know the one that forgives you, what is that? what does that happen then? He says, those who um, are forgiven much, what? forgive much, right? So when your spouse sins against you, your children sin against you, your work co-worker sins against you, you are you know, wow, I've been forgiven so much. Ain't nothing you're going to do to me, Bobby, that I can't forgive you for, right? Because unforgiveness, not only confession, but unforgiveness will make you physically sick. Worry will make you physically ill. And we know that now. The Word of God tells us these things, right? But science, and I always love to tell the Christian, don't be afraid of science, because science is going to prove that the Word of God is true every time. So I love that science is now saying, yeah, worry, stress, right? We know these things. Unforgiveness, even that's documented now. It really causes, it roots, it takes root in us, and it can destroy a healthy, otherwise, vessel. Right? You, liver, kidney, heart, right? Things like that. So I love that it says come. So every, so the last Thursday night of this month, we're going to be right here at 7 o'clock, and I want you to come so you can get prayer. And then we're going to talk a little bit in this in this section too today how your prayers matter to help others. So maybe you're coming, you're like, well, I don't need prayer. I don't know who doesn't need prayer, but people actually say that. But... um. <laughs> I'm like the first one, 95,000 people in my phone. Somebody pray for me, right? For <laughs> other people, I don't need any prayer. I need prayer for everything, okay? I got a bee sting. I need prayer. I got a toothache. I need prayer. I got anger and frustration. I need prayer. I got doubt and worry. I need prayer. I'm the first one to tell you, pray for me. So um, <laughs> if you don't need prayer, come pray for us. And then maybe someone with 
holy discernment will pray for you and lay hands and you'll be the one going, oh my gosh, I needed that. I needed, how did you know? I needed that. So healing, we know we can be healed. We're going to come, we're going to lay hands on. God, Jesus healed everyone. The word of God says he healed everyone that came to him. Everyone. Now, do not get me wrong because you know that the prosperity movement and the, what is that called when they, the laying on of hands and like everybody can be healed and, and, and everything's miraculous. You know, there is God's will in all this. There's our will and there's God's will. And when we're mature, like this says, if they have sinned to be, and it'll be forgiven, when the mature, forgived Christian that knows follower of Christ, they know they're forgiven, right? They can Come to the Lord and they will accept whatever his answer is, right? But does that keep us from asking for the complete and holy healing? No way, right? We should always run to the Father for everything, for every need. In fact, he should be the first person we run to. Yes, he's our source. We should be the first person, but we don't. We run to what? The medicine cabinet, First, and there's nothing wrong with taking medication. Some of you have a bad theology about medication taking, right? God gives us, the whole earth is his pharmacy, right? And we have brilliant men and women who have taken natural things and turned them into a pill that you can take to sustain your life, to heal your life, to help with symptoms. There's nothing wrong with taking medication. Please take your medication. But if God chooses to heal you, and you come to him and you get that healing that everybody wants and made whole right here on earth, glory to him. Make sure he gets the glory, right? Make sure God's getting the glory. So I want you to know that, you know, we're not anti any of those things. God raises people up. Luke, for crying out loud, was a doctor, right? He was one of the the disciples. He's a doctor. So we must go to doctors. We have doctors for a reason. Medicine's a good thing. Never feel bad that you have to take medicine. But never stop asking God to heal you. Some people get healed miraculously on the spot. Others, what? Time over time. I was sick. Now it's been, I think, 10 or 11 years ago, really sick. Okay? And I was working on my master's. And I was teaching. And I was tutoring. And I was doing ministry. And I was... A maniac. Um, and I got really sick. In fact, I had to back and forth to the ER for about a week or so with double blisters in my ear and pus and wounds. The pain was like, you can't believe it. And then I went totally deaf. And I was just like, oh my gosh. They did not know what to do with me. First of all, they said they'd never seen anything what I had in the ER but they gave me medicine to help with the pain. Then I was uh, six weeks away from graduation um, for my master's in theology. And my professors were like, you know what? And I was the last quarter of school I was teaching. So someone had to take over my classroom. I had a very rough draft of my um, thesis done. And my professors were telling me, you better just take the time off. You can get a certain thing, a grant, or not grant, a granted some time, a lot of time. And I said, oh, I am so sick. <laughs> There's no way. I don't even know if I'm going to recover from this. I was so sick. I couldn't stand light. I would have vertigo so bad. I was really bad. I wanted to go back to work. And I looked fine on the outside. That's another thing. When those people were sick and we look fine on the outside, but you look right. You only knew what was going on inside. So my, I'm telling you this because when all this happened, I was rebuked by my dean at the school, not my, not the college, at the school I was working for, the principal. And then the pastor that oversaw the school that I worked for came and talked to me. And they said, you're doing too much. I was like, what? You cannot teach. You cannot go to school full-time. You cannot be in ministry pretty much full-time every seven days a week. And you cannot tutor 10 kids at the same time. Something has to give. 
I'm like, I only have, you know, five more weeks of school. I've gone on this long, been in it for three years, whatever. No problem. School's ending. I five more weeks. No. So I had people coming to me to bring some wisdom and tell me, and then I didn't listen. I opened up my calendar, like, open your calendar. They're like, it's totally full. I have a calendar here today that almost looks full. And I, and I was like, what? I have space right here, like little tiny white spaces. I didn't understand. I really thought I could just do it, right? And many of you do that because what? We live on the faith. We go by the strength of the Lord. He is our strength. But there's also people he sends us to offer wisdom if we heed. So what happened? I didn't. I felt very ill. They didn't know what was wrong with me. And so to speed up the story, here I am, so sick, having to leave school. I ended up turning in my stuff. I was just like, I was pretty much an A student, straight A student. I was like, I do not care what I get on my project. Even if I get a D, I'll pass and I'll graduate. I do not care because I'm so sick, I don't think I'm ever going to return to the classroom. I mean, that's how bad I felt. I was like, there's no way. So going against my professor's advice, I just like turned in my project. Of course, I passed and everything graduated and all that. But I was afflicted and nobody knew it was wrong. I went to the best doctors in the world. And over time, the Lord slowly healed me. And I remember telling various doctors, you're not going to find anything because this is spiritual. I knew. I was like... This is spirit. And they looked at me and I'm like, you're not. And they ran so many tests and they would try different medications and I'd still feel so sick. And they kept saying, you have Meniere's. No. And you have this. And I mean, even when I was totally deaf and in the hospital, it was crazy watching every move around and you couldn't hear one thing. All the noises of an ER. And I'm like going, oh my gosh, Lord. Oh my gosh. So for seven years, I was like that. Not deaf, but my hearing slowly came back. I have a tiny bit of ear damage, but glory to be to God, I was watching the 700 Club one day. Actually, I watched it all the time when I was sick because I was like, call my name, just tell me I'm going to be healed. I mean, every day I'd tune and watch the healing part because I was like, heal me, Lord, just heal me. This can't, I just can't live like this. I mean, I cannot live like this. I was so isolated. I was so sick. I, I am telling you, just... My world just got smaller and smaller. I had to just keep canceling things and not going and, and lost everything, stripped of everything. And then one day I was watching it, and no, they didn't say my name and heal me that way. But there is a story on there about um, a lady whose husband had Alzheimer's. They'd been married over 50 years. She was devastated. There's no cure. But she was telling the interviewer on the show that her, they found this sub, um, supplement called phosphatidylserine. If anybody wants to know about it after I tell you the story. And she was saying how in mass doses, it's derived from the soy plant, it's all natural. She said in mass doses, I just stood by faith giving it to my husband. And I saw his memory come back because it's really good for memory. And her husband was restored. And I thought... Because at that point in time, I barely could remember what anybody said to me, like within a few seconds. If you said something, and I had to repeat it back, what did you say? I started stuttering because everything, I couldn't block out white noise. 24 hours a day, I would be like in this place that I could hear all these fans going, you clicking, you snorting, you talking, you coughing, this fan, everything all at once. It was just like overload. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown because it was so radical. And I thought... What if I take that? Will it correct what's going on in my head, even though it's my ears? So I was like, I need to find that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's super expensive. But now you can get online, it's not expensive. But then it was. So um, by faith, I ordered it and I told Doug, I'm just going to try this. I don't know what else to do. I do not know what else to do. I tried Every type of holistic, every drug they gave me, everything, every doctor, they literally finally stopped even seeing me. They wouldn't even schedule me at the House Ear Institute because there's nothing wrong with me. But there was everything wrong with me. So um, I started taking that, and within like a week, I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't feel and hear those sounds like I once did. This is really weird. And I put Doug on it. 
his memory. And I, and he said the same thing. Like in a few days, we were both like, whoa, this is weird. I'm still on it today. And by the glory of God, that's how he used to get me up here talking, preaching, back to work full time. I, and, um, different things. So I'm so glad. We don't know how he's going to heal us. I never stopped praying though. However, in my pure confession, I would say, but today is a good day to take me, Lord. I prayed every day. So I was so sick. I'm like, today would be a good day. Just take me. I was so sincere because I just felt like I was in this prison and I just couldn't shut down the noise in my head and the light and the vertigo and all the things came along with this. But then the Holy Spirit would tell me, I know it's spiritual, you're doing something in me. So I can tell you today that I came out better. Sometimes it takes us on horrible journeys, allows us to go through things so we can get to the other side, right? And if we're faithful and we keep our eyes on him, and if we waver and we come back to him, that's okay too. But he just wants us. But I knew it was spiritual, and he grew me massively <laughs> and he restored everything that he took from me or allowed allowed to um you know something like my job story i hate to say because because god does chasten those he he does allow us to go through things in fact the next scripture i want to share is from job 518 and 517 says behold blessed is the one whom god reproves therefore despise not the discipline of the Almighty. Then it says, for he wounds and he binds up. He shatters, but what? His hand heals. His hand heals. So, some of you have bad theology, thinking if you're going through something like that, you must have done something. Not true. Right? You see someone suffering, but it's their own fault. No, maybe God is just reproving them. Maybe they're the blessed one. Maybe they're the blessed one. Because God has them and he's doing something in them. So he says, he, do not, those that are um, being chastened, those that he, what, reproves, disciplining, taking them through a trial. He will lead you through it. He will heal you. So I hope that's encouraging because I know some of us in here today, and as I was praying, Lord, when I told Kurt, yeah, I'll be happy to preach. And I thought, oh, what have I said? I always do that. But I love teaching, and, I, and it's good for me to be in a study because it's so wonderful. I love it. But I was like, what does the breakwater need today? What does our, what does this family need today? And as I prayed healing, and then the Lord just like, like just like everything, just like all of your faces, all of your families, all of your life just kind of like was there just going, wow, do we ever need healing? Do we ever need healing? We have people here that are afflicted right now with cancer and they, they're they faithful. They come and they're here every day. We have beautiful Chris over there. He has even an instrument with him with his back, right? That's been nonstop. And he teaches PE by the grace of God. And you're working on your master's too, right? I mean, he's by the grace of God. He's in it doing it. And he shows up to everything to be there. But he's afflicted with back and stomach issues too and whatnot. And I know Bill has, the other Bill, <laughs> we have two Bills, Bill has issues too that, um, but God, as he's been reigning faithful, God's healing. So we have a lot of physical. So like I said, we're okay talking about the physical. It's where we need a spiritual and emotional healing that we're afraid to confess. I have anxiety. I'm suffering from depression. And I made a list of them because the church in its bad theology and I'm a master's in theology, so I use theology a lot, and I think theology is the way to go. It's when we have to understand what the Word of God really says, we have to use the Word correctly. We can't name it and claim it and do things, and it's not even for you. That scripture, that promise may not be for you. So I think I wanted to, to just kind of go emotionally, what's happening? We have, I talked about unforgiveness. We have people that suffer from depression, are so ashamed 
that they're depressed because they say they're a Christian because someone told them you shouldn't be depressed. Sometimes depression is situational. Sometimes it's chemical. Sometimes the Lord heals it. I suffered from depression. They put me on pills when I was in my 20s. And it was horrible. But let me tell you, those pills worked. I was like, whoa, this is like happiness in a bottle. What the heck? I mean, I wasn't high or anything, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, whoa, this worked. And it was temporary. It was temporary to get me through. Because like many women in this room, I was sexually assaulted. I didn't tell anybody for 10 years. That's the time when I had to seek for depression. Because what? I put myself in that situation, so I thought, I decided to go to that fraternity party. I decided to do this. I decided to do that. Then I retreated thinking I was safe, and I wasn't safe. But I was Sunny Lamuti. Things don't happen to me. I'm the A student, the star, the athlete, the one, the good girl, the ones that's, you know, these, all these things in my mind. So I want to blame you, but we carry that around with us. And men do it even worse. Men that are assaulted sexually hide even more. It causes a lot of damage. So depression can be for many reasons. Chemical, circumstantial, tragedy. We have anger. Some of us are just gossips. I think that's an emotional thing. Deflection. Why are you gossiping about somebody else when you got your own stuff going on? Start asking somebody to pray for me instead of me sitting an hour at lunchtime talking to Marilyn about my neighbor. I should be talking to Marilyn about me so she could what? Encourage me in the word of God to help to restore. We could pray together and ask God to restore that, right? We have hate. Some of you really hate people. I mean, you, you, you hate. You even fantasize you plot and plan. For real. I know you do. A room the size you're bound to. I know the sins of man. I had every one of them. <laughs> right? So we need to confess that. You need to open up your, your phones or wherever you keep that journal and you're, and you're wishing ill on somebody else. You're planning things. That's an emotional healing you need. Loneliness. I suffered from that. Most popular girl. And I could be in a room of 800 people and be completely lonely. Loneliness is serious. But who wants to say I'm lonely? Who wants to be vulnerable? Because what? I risk rejection. I risk you telling me you don't have time for me. Suffering loneliness. Your marriages that are lonely. You have all this technology. And we're finding out of this generation, I think we're on XYZ generation, Y generation, X, they are lonely, even though they're in total communication constantly. Why? Because human touch, face-to-face matters. And isolation is a killer. And it's a design, I believe, of the enemy to keep us what? Not talking to keep us in our sin, to keep us not encouraging one another, keep our families torn apart, to hide. Because no man sins <laughs> boldly. You know, we want to hide our sin. So loneliness, self-hate. The cosmetic industry is not multi-billion dollars a year because we're loving ourselves. <laughs> right? When I see 20-something-year-olds needing to fix something and go through surgery that could kill them, ultimately, self-hate is real. We like to put a nice little title on, self-esteem, self-esteem. No, we, we don't like ourselves. We don't like that we're aging. Casey and I were walking yesterday. Oh, she's not in the room. And um, she's like, oh, my gosh, I wake up every morning, and I look uglier than I did the day before. I go, oh, my gosh, I said the same thing to Doug yesterday. I was, like, laughing. I'm like, how can I? She, we were laughing. We're not lifting, tucking, whatever they do, grinding my face down to, like, baby skin. I don't know. You have 50 years of skin I got to shred off. I don't know whatever people do, and God bless you, but that, I mean, I'm, we laughed about it, we're like, but it's okay, 
It's a natural process, but we were laughing because we're just like, oh my gosh, old ladies, we're turning into our mother. And and lots of you laugh because we can identify, right? Oh my gosh. The first time I was always so fit and so tight, even when I was fat, even when I am fat, I am fat. But um, I, I, I mean, I remember the first time I even felt a jiggle. I was like, whoa, what's that? Like, like something moved. I was like hard like this, like always. I was like, whoa, what is that? That Oh, that's like flesh kind of moving. What the heck? I did not know what that even was. And it was weird. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> but self-hate will, will what? Will call, well, we won't tell somebody. Because you know what? Guess what? When you, I said, do you believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And when you self-hate, you know what you're telling God? Do you even know what you're telling God? I, your creation is not good enough. How you made me is not good enough. You're telling me, I don't like my nose you gave me. I don't like the hair you gave me. I don't like the feet you gave me. I don't like the bun, what do they call it? Bum, bum, you gave me. Now you can, you can put implants there. What? Why? Why? Help me. Sin. Self-hate. Right? What about envy? Some of you smile across the room from your friends and you are so envious because they have so much more than you. That friend that you're sitting across the table probably has more than you is probably not a believer. Just scan your mind for that. Honest, do an honest scan and go, oh my gosh, does they have more than you? Not by the word of God, they have less than you. We don't need to envy those people. We don't need to seek after those people. But we should be bringing them into the kingdom. But many of us envy, jealousy. Oh, I was the most jealous person in the world. And I was young and beautiful and, and, and just, I mean, there were so many positive things that, that I was. And at that time in my life, now I'm not even jealous. <laughs> because why? This all changed, but what, what, this all changed, but so did this. The heart changed. So I don't need to be that one. Wow, we were with Tuesday trying to unclose yesterday. Oh, I wasn't trying to unclose. But Tuesday was. I'm like, oh, try out this. It's going to look so good. Like everything I go, oh, do I remember just going, I'm going to look hot in that. Woo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Tuesday, that just looks so gorgeous. You know, but that's okay. It's okay. I didn't know it then. And I was jealous and I was miserable. I mean, I was jealous. I was out of my head with jealousy. I pulled a gun on my boyfriend. I was out of control with jealousy. I was suicidal. I beat up him and his two brothers. <laughs> Don't, it's not a joke. It's for real, huh, Summer? With, yeah. They were two, one professional football player, one professional boxer, and my boyfriend was a linebacker, and I beat up all three of them at 140 pounds of pure muscle. It might have been 135. Of pure muscle. Oh. They were like, call my family. She's like, crazy. What are we going to do? My sister said, hit her with a pan over the head. My sister Priscilla. And they, and they literally were going to try it. And I'd go, if you do, I'm going to kill you all. I was crazy, jealous. You watch these shows. They're not shows. These are lives. I was crazy. Anybody crazy with jealousy? Confess it now. I want you to be delivered like me. Yeah, confess it now. It is, it is horrible. Jealousy is so destructive to you and the person that loves you. I mean, when I say I was chief sinner, I'm serious. When I say God healed me, physically you heard how he healed me. In other ways, too, my back right here in this room, we had a healing conference with Dr. Kegel. Oh, my back. I was like, I already had neck fusion. So it happens when you're a crazy athlete and you beat up linebackers and professional football players this all at the same time. Oh, and the girl. I had her by the hair. She had a big chunk later. Why, why I was holding her? Ooh. Not even funny. They were trying to take me down off there, but I couldn't. I was crazy. Anyway, <laughs> this is serious stuff. We live in these and nobody's confessing. I had no shame. 
I had no shame. Then the police came. You want to do? Want to put you on a fifty-one fifty? Oh, really? Do you want to know these for a crazy person? Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm smarter then. Okay, calm down. Just tell me if they want to hear. Yes, officer. And I looked good. Don't forget that. Use it. Got to use it. <laughs> anyway, praise God. They took me over to the hospital. I had a bruise on the side of my head. They said, you should have been knocked out. Were you knocked out? I go, hell no, they were. <laughs> I'm serious. Maryland, summer, they know summer's the whole time. It's serious. You're jealous you could be crazy. You're going, well, I'm not that bad compared to you. If you even had this much compared to me, you're bad because it's not pleasing to the Lord. That's sin. We need to confess it. I need to come to God and say, God, I, that's why I had them sing there. I'm a child of God. That's what you do. Do you know who you are? Because that was not my identity then. Amen. I was so far from God. Even though I said I was a Christian. <laughs> oh, I can't hide. See? You can't hide. It's going to be revealed. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, but God is so good. It's so good. So he confessed these things. Confess the serious stuff. Don't hide. Because when we hide, we get more trouble. Let's look at the seven things we do to hide emotional injuries, emotional hurts, emotional pain. What do we hide? Sexual immorality. Let me tell you. At four years old, my father left us. Pain number one that I remember. Divorce matters. It hurts. I got so attached to my oldest sister, she became like my mother, took me everywhere with her. At eight years old, I mean, I slept with her, everything. At eight years old, she became a teenager, kicked me out of bed. I didn't understand that. I remember sobbing, curled up outside her bedroom door, crying, just let me in, let me in. Pain number two. Pain number three. My best friend. Oh, Tina Foster. I still talk to her. Hi, Tina. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Refound her after 40 years. Moves away. Devastated. My best little friend. I remember sobbing. Didn't understand why my friend had to leave me. I don't know there's a mother, a father, a family, and people get, you know, have to move. That was my other. The year later, made a new best friend, Angela Rocco. All the Roccos were our neighbors. Boy, we had fun. Angela, a year later, we were best friends. She moved away. Devastation again. Now my dad's abandoning me. My best friend's abandoning me. My little girlfriend. 14, get a serious boyfriend. Bad idea. Good, that's the one. 14 years with him. Off and on, back and forth, crazy out of my head. Bad idea, became sexually active. Bad idea, because now what? God says it's the only sin that what? We don't just sin against ourselves, we sin with someone. That's sin. That's sin. The reason God has a certain way to prevent us hardship. Divorce is bad because what? It causes heartache. Being sexually impure and not married causes heartache. It's not because God is mean. It's because he's loving. Because he's like, he wants us to avoid all these things. Despair, loneliness, depression, anger. He wants to heal us. Then 19, I told you I was sexually assaulted. Yeah, another pain, right? We just work our, our way through. Then the breakup of my boyfriend at 20-something. I say something because it was off and on from there for years, and he was somewhere else, and then hanging out with other people and, you know, getting caught up with saying you have a boyfriend and being unfaithful to him, right? Relating to it, I see you guys are. This is what, these are what God's trying to, to sing, but where are we confessing this? I don't hear people confessing that. I'm having sex with my girlfriend, and the Holy Spirit's telling me not to, but the flesh is telling me to. There's a battle. It's a battle. It's a battle that you have to know is a battle so you can figure out how to battle because, and learn in the Bible. God didn't leave anything out. 
He didn't leave anything out. When Potiphar's wife came up to Joseph, gorgeous Joseph, they said Jesus didn't look like much, but Joseph, they said, was handsome. Body too. He was hot. But <laughs> it tells us, just saying. And when she came up to him, what did he do? Flee. He was a young man of 20-something. Don't you, don't you think, whoa, he probably wanted to be with her. But he had enough sense. He was so rooted in Christ. He knew his identity. He knew what he was. He knew his Lord, and he wanted to remain in that. And maybe some of he's a little afraid of Potiphar. But I have to believe he's a man of God, right? We can. He always makes an exit. I don't have to. Stay in the sin. Some of the other things we turn to. Drugs, alcohol, video games, pornography, religion. Can I say that word again? Religion. We do not have religion. I hate when, t- when I tell people I'm a follower of Christ and they go, oh, so you're religious? <coughs> no. <laughs> if I was religious, I'd be a slave to these things. I have freedom in Christ. I can come to you and I have no shame. There's no condemnation on me. You might be, <laughs> she did what? You can have all the pin you want. Take it to the Lord. Because for me, <laughs> it's bouncing off. It doesn't even affect me because I have been resurrected with my Lord and Savior because I have been made whole and new. And when I look in the mirror and I talk to you about what I'm saying, that it's not even me. I literally, that's like another person. It's like, whoa, she's crazy. Oh, my goodness. So those we have other things that will take away. The pains, the hurts, the emotional hurts will lead us. God wants to heal you of that. And he did it through the cross. He did it for you to be restored to him so that you would have a life, eternal life, a life for eternity with him, a life free of condemnation and damning and eternal flames and hell, darkness, gnashing of teeth. The Bible describes it for me. But he did it so that you could go through this journey And so that your light can shine, so that you would bring many to know him. Him. Thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. But I shouldn't keep that to myself. Right? How many of you get mocked for being a Christian? And how many of you that said you get mocked for being Christian, the very first people that mock you when they're in trouble come to you? you I get Doug and I get knocks on our door from neighbors. They don't even know us. They, they just know us from a distance. My wife just died. My husband's having an affair. These are my neighbors. When your light is shining bright, when, you, when you're free and you are healed in the name of Jesus and he has restored you, hallelujah, it will, you will be so bright and others will be attracted to you. But first we have to confess, we have to walk through it. You cannot avoid it. All these things I named, sexual immorality, drugs, alcohol, video games, witchcraft, religion, what? All of those things are to distract you from keeping you from the one that offers freedom, healing, emotional healing, gone. Despair, loneliness, heartache, grief. Does it mean we won't experience it? No. But it means we will experience it in a different way that we won't have to avoid it. We won't have to hide. We won't have to... Drowned ourselves and other things. He wants you to be free of disease. Some of us make it with no disease. I work hospice. I've actually had a few patients, no disease. They just come to me, come to us and say, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna die. They're like 90 something. Well, medical science say you have no disease. How can I put you on hospice? I just think I'm gonna die. Guess what? We put them on because when you think you're going to die, you're probably going to die at 90-something. So it's just like, again, okay, go on. 
dead. Some of us escape without disease. It's just like, you know, that's okay. We're in a fallen world. Disease entered in. Trials entered in. Sadness entered in. Sorrow entered in. Anger entered in. Right? Yeah. But we have the antidote. We have the biggest, the best medicine. Jesus. His word. Right? You're still going to feel pain. Trust me. My mom and dad died two months apart. It was the worst on summer. The worst. And our, and our man that raised us was diagnosed with malignant melanoma at that same time. You're not going to avoid trials or tragedies or sufferings. Right. And John, Johnny says, you know, in the world you'll have tribulation. Be a good, you're supposed to be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. We're passing through. We're just passing through. Amen. And we can get up and come and, and be afflicted like beautiful Gary Antilla, Antilla, right? He showed up until he couldn't no more. But what did he do? In his bed. That was the testimony. In his bed, and I see this all the time. In his bed. To the last thing, he just wanted to be filled up with the Lord. Everything was leaving him. His strength, his weight, his flesh. Everything was leaving him. He needed more of Jesus. More of Jesus. Because when you're suffering and you are walking that close to him, it's bearable. It's bearable. And if he chooses to take that away in an instant free, whatever pain it is or suffering it is, glory to him. But normally you're going to walk along with him. And he's going to say, I can make it better. I will ease your burden. My yoke is easy. My, your, and my burden's light. He didn't say it's gone. He said it's light. It just feels better. But you're walking. You're yoked, right? The yoke, the two oxen's head in this wooden thing, and they're walking side by side. That's the imagery you should have. John, Lord, as, am I walking? Are you, am I yoked to you right now in this trial and suffering? Or am I avoiding you? Am I mad at you? Many people are angry at God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're angry and hurt but at God. But you can run to him today and he will give you all the forgiveness you need because he is not angry at you. He is not hurt by you. He is not surprised by that anger that you have for him. It's like, I'm sorry I disappointed you. You can feel that he disappointed you, but he's perfect. He didn't disappoint. He has a plan. He has a plan. Bigger than your now. He has a plan. And it's based on eternity and forgiveness and love. And those are the things that bind us to him. And so emotional pain, emotional healing needs to be done. But we got to confess it to one another. It says confess your sins because he's faithful and just to forgive. And you will be made whole. He told them come and the sinner will be forgiven. Forgive him. We're and then extend forgiveness. I've been so angry at such and so. It's about time I forgive them. I was ministering to a woman yesterday. I knew the call was important because she had called me earlier in the week and didn't leave a message. And then she called me yesterday right when I sat down to study, finish my studies, of course. And I was like, you need me to take this call, right, God? And she was telling me uh, how angry she was at this woman who she thought really robbed her of precious time with someone she loved. And she kind of just casually go over it. I go, no, back up. I said, you're angry. Great. What specifically are you angry about? I couldn't just let her make a blanket statement because that wouldn't have done any healing. By the time we have the phone, she goes, oh my gosh, I'm laughing. I'm good. I can forgive her. I go, yeah. Because it always comes down to the forgiveness. Today, I hope that she's carrying that still and God will finish the work. 
When your friends confess the broad, no, God wants specific. How can you give them a good word? Tell me specifically what's your anger out. And it's embarrassing. People don't want it. We like broad. That's like, I kept just, no, I understand that. No, I want you to tell me exactly what you're angry about. Say the words, because you know. Did I do anything miraculous? No. Perhaps the Lord did, but I also think what when we confess it, it's just out of us. That root has been plucked out. It can't stay in her because she confessed the whole thing. It's awful and embarrassing is. You're sat before God and just like, I don't even want to confess that I'm confessing and I did this. No. And your spirit's going, no, say that. <laughs> say what you really did. And you're like, you can't say that out loud. I've never voiced that to anybody, Right? But in, in emotional, we need to be more forgiving in the church. We need to not pe- make people feel embarrassed, ashamed in the church for confessing those things at all. Because God wants to restore us, and all these little things become big things, and big things become maybe bigger things, and those bigger things might become health problems or distractions that maybe you're so distracted and you cause a car accident, maybe it's fatal, you know? We do dangerous things all day long. Some of you work with you know, machinery that could kill you if you're not focused. Maybe you're distracted by a sin and you're not paying attention and tragedy can happen in that. We don't think about those things, right? So God wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants to bring us to his saving grace. I have this awesome app on my phone that I just found called Abide. Anybody heard that? Abide. I want you to download it because it is so good. It's a, it's a helped you to pray app. And I was like, I looked at a lot of them like, and this is so good. It gives you, it'll help you with anxiety, fear, um, just daily prayer, daily, um, prayer, and it leads you through and it gives you time to like really focus and, and it's guided prayer time on different topics, but it's so rich. And they said something the other day as I was studying, they were talking about healing, (coughs) of course. Thanks, God. And they said, hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. So if you're here wounded, and yes, you're saved by grace, and maybe you're born again, but you still haven't dealt with your junk, and then the same person, somebody comes up to you and confesses something, you might wound them. Because hurt people hurt people. And you didn't mean to, but you said something foolish. Because you haven't dealt with your own stuff to the degree where you, nobody's sin could be shocking to you. That's when you know you're healed. And Le- Le- uh, Leilani's back to shaking her head. Leilani can come to me and tell me anything and I won't be shocked. And I can tell Leilani anything and she won't be shocked because I know she's dealt with deep stuff. She has spent the time, that healing time with the Lord. And that's how you know. Who are the safe people that you can tell anything to? They're the ones that probably are mature believers. Who's the one you're going to avoid in the church? I'm not telling them that. Because they're going to judge me. That person is, you know, look to them, start praying for them, that God would reveal and grow them. We got to see how he turned that to a positive. You thought I was going to say something negative. No, I want us all to be free because who he sets free is in freed indeed. And when we're set free indeed, and that is eternal and that is forever, our church looks different. The global church looks different. The, the, the followers of Christ look different. And people will be saved. And people will not be condemned to hell because we took care of ourselves, the business with God, we made it into a relationship, and we're able to share that. That's the healing wants. That spiritual healing. The spiritual healing is salvation. He made a way for your spirit, your soul to find a rest. And sometimes the spirit can get a little off kilter and we can believe the wrong things. And, and you know, pay attention to that. He wants to bring you back. The world tells us a lot of lies, spiritual things. Use that discernment. When you're good with God and you know him into me, you study of his word, you can discern. Even though that's a fruitful ministry, looks like a big church, and they're telling all kinds of things and things are happening, it may not be spiritually healthy, right? 
He wants you to come to him. He wants you to deliver him. He wants you to know him, what he's done for you on the cross. And he wants you to be saved for eternity. Because as we learn from the the, um, parable of the ten virgins, these are church people. Five out of the ten, what? We're really ready. That's the truth. That's why that, that saying, um, part from me you will do were, I never knew you should scare the heck out of you. Because anyone can be deceived. But if we're coming in daily, we should have all the confidence. And with that kind of confidence comes a humility. Because you know you did nothing. You did nothing. And with that, you become an open vessel that you can help and heal and hear and lay hands on and support others that are weaker in the body and help their walk a little better. So Jesus does want to heal us. God does heal. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I want us to take a a little bit of time because we have a little bit of time, and I mean a little bit of time. It shouldn't take much. For you to just go, wow, that came to my mind. I should probably confess that to you today, Lord. Not gonna, you don't have to confess it to to one another, but you can confess it to God right now. So I'm just gonna call up the worship team to kind of do a little instrumental for us as we just think about: Is there anything? Have I hurt somebody? Have I offended somebody? Um, Have I? Am I, you know, struggling alone? Do I have loneliness, depression? Am I been gossiping? Am I hating myself? Am I envious? Do I need physical healing? Did I not, not tell anybody that I have a concern and I have a test coming up? You know, some people won't share. And they're so worried and they do that worrying alone. We don't want you to do it alone. We want to pray for that. We want to pray for that test you're going to have. We want to know. So we could come because the prayers of the righteous do much. We want to love you. We want to love you. We want to love on you so we're restored because there's healing waiting. It may take seven years. It may take moments. You may say, I've been in this so long. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't even know me. And that's why I had him play, I'm a child of God, because in that song, Tuesday, I took your papers, because in that song, the, 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 the writer of the song knows who they are. How many of you saw the movie Break, uh, break, not Breakthrough, was it Breakthrough? No, the other one. Uh, Overcomer. The question in that movie, and that was the pinnacle of the movie, was, "Do you? who are you? Who are you? My first answer shouldn't be, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a surfer, I'm a child of God. That's how you know how close you are to And then the guy says, it was fifth on the guy's list. He named all the things. And then the guy kept probing him. No, who are you? And he kept going, and finally said he was a Christian. He's like, wow. It should have been, who's there? I was like so convicted. I'm like, wow, what do I say? Am I a child of God? Yes, I am. And that's why when I sing that song, and I think we do too, you do too, because you sang it with this one, we were just like, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And we want to feel like that all the time. You can because you are. And we can have peace. And when my mom was burnt many years ago, and um, I want to share this last story, she was burnt many years ago, and they called us out of the hospital. Her, her blood pressure was 60 over 32, and they're like, you got to come now because she's dying. She's gonna, she's dying. We all got to come. And as God resurrected her from that situation, she went through a lot, and it was such a season of sorrow in our my household, and there were some other personal things going on with me too. But I remember just going, eh, I had such peace and joy. It was amazing. I was just like, Lord, it feels like you're just a sun, of, a beam of light is just on me. And everywhere I went, I was like, I'm a child of God. I felt so free in the midst of very dark time. And we can have that. Doesn't mean that pain's can not be there. Doesn't mean that lesson's not going to be there. Doesn't mean the hurt's not going to be there. But I was so close to him that he says, I'm cl- he's near to the brokenhearted. 
Yoke. Yoke with him. Let him be near to you as we pray. Quietly asking for what? Healing, forgiveness, resurrection power. Father God, in the name of Jesus, right now I ask that you put over this church your Holy Spirit for those that doubt that you, that they are your vessel, that you dwell in them. I pray that your Holy Spirit would overcome them right now in this place, that you would bring to mind the things that grieve you, that they would know forgiveness. That the things that they thought were so hidden that you would bring to light and they would pluck them out by the root. And they would be free. And they would be free from drugs, alcohol, pornography, hate, jealousy, rage, malice, filthy language, from hurts of the past, from assaults, from pain of childhood, divorce, molestations, from fears of what the future holds. Lord, we are humble people and we need you.